No, I always had a nurturing <laughs> nature. Nope. And sometimes it comes and goes too. It does. Right. Sometimes oh, yeah, we kind of have to like, have to like call it back. Come back to me. Come back to me. Right. Are you an RV person or are you just RV life curious, wondering how people live in a tiny space with their family 24 seven? Either way, this is a podcast for you. My name is Kate White and I travel full time with my family and two kids and the dog in an RV. Every week, I sit down with a fellow RV woman to learn why she chose RV life and how she has changed on the road. Pull a chair up to the fire and let's chat. Hello, my friends and fellow RV queens. It's Kate White, your host. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of the RV Queens podcast. You guys, today I got to interview Alicia Simon and what a joy it was. She's like, oh my gosh, talking to her is like having a hug. (laughs) She's just so genuine and like amazing. She has six kids she's traveling with and her husband. They've been on the road for three years. She has so much wisdom about, you know, just real life stuff, cooking, how to teach your kids to cook in an RV so you don't spend all day cooking. (laughs) Especially when she started talking about the change that she's seen in herself over the past three years during RV life, that, that was like one of the most honest, real answers I've had on that question on this podcast. It was awesome. I love this conversation. I think you will too. Let's get into it. Hello, Alicia, and welcome to the Army Queens podcast. How are you today? I am well. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. I'm excited to chat with you today. Uh, Where are you guys right now? We are in Texas. In North oh. Texas. Yeah. Is yes. it hot? No, the triple digits have fled and the um, double digits are here, the low double digits. So it's kind of cold okay. here right now. Oh, really? Yeah. Isn't that funny when you're yeah. in the South and you're like, what is this? Why is yes. it cold right now? <laughs> yeah. so weird. <laughs> we were on the beach last week in uh, North Carolina and for... For three days, it was like, you know, beachy weather, as you would expect in the 80s. And then all of a sudden, it was like 50s and windy. And it was just like, what? This is. This yeah, is- I'm trying to figure out where the new warm weather is because it's not right. in the places it used to be. It's not. I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Florida, I'm hoping we're heading there for the winter. So, <laughs> okay. We'll see. I want to start this interview way back before you guys started RVing. Uh, You guys started traveling full-time back in 2019, but what I want to know is, like, what was the life of Alicia like before then? Like, paint the picture of what you were up to before you became this fantastic RV mom. Well, (laughs) well, that's a funny statement. Fantastic RV mom. Well, let me paint that picture. So before we started RVing, we were the typical American family. We uh, had homeschooled for a little while, but had a lot of family urgent things take place that caused us to have to put our kids in school into a charter school, which was totally fine. They did great there. There were only a few things that we didn't like about it. It became so stressful, the running back and forth, school drop offs, school pickups, left the lunch at home, left the homework at home. So we, I was busier than I had ever 
desire to be in that way. Plus, I ran a, a business from home. Plus, I was a fitness coach. My husband worked full time. And actually, he was he was working from home at that time. And it was just kind of crazy. So we lived a, a normal, a quote unquote, normal life chasing the American dream. But it was real. It was just a lot of movement all the time. And it was overwhelming. I never felt like I could get ahead of the day. Yeah. I mean, I only have two kids and I felt that way before we started this live. So I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah. Having all yeah, your kids. Yeah, it was, it was wild. I mean, the and, you laundry know, we would alone. go through seasons. <laughs> yeah. We would go through seasons where I would have it together and I, I'd have a rhythm and then bam, some type of trauma or tragedy or something would happen and it would throw us in a tailspin. And uh, that happened. That happened several years in a row until I was like, OK, I've got to get away from here. I need something different. <laughs> so. So what originally inspired you guys to like change things up in such a drastic way and start full time RV life? Well, my husband has always traveled. He traveled when he was younger. He traveled internationally and my family drove everywhere in the U.S. to see family. And uh, we were from Arkansas, but we would drive to to Illinois, to California, to Indiana, to just to, to Washington, D.C. We would just drive all over the country to see family. So I never experienced travel for adventure. I only experienced getting from point A to point B to see family. And he never experienced travel in the U.S. So we wanted to give our kids an experience of travel to get the travel bug but also get to experience the beauty of the U.S. that we never really got to experience. And so that was what was the catalyst to us thinking, well, maybe we can homeschool on the road. Maybe we can work from the road, homeschool on the road and have this experience together as a family instead of just trying to squeeze it in to one week or two week during their vacations from school. Yeah. Had you guys RV'd before? Like, was this, were you we familiar had never with RV'd. all the logistics? Yeah, <laughs> we had never RV'd. We had never been in a tent camping. We had never <laughs> been in a pop up camper. We had never even stayed. Had we stayed in a cabin together as a family? I don't even think we stayed in a cabin together as a family. <laughs> I stayed in a cabin a couple of times when I was younger, but we had never had that experience. And so this was we were so green. So green yeah. when we first yeah. started. Same. Yep. Me too. So how did your kids react? How did your extended family react Whenever you yeah. brought this idea up. So our children were excited. They, uh, we tried to put the travel bug into them when they were, before we started the RV life. And so they were excited about going and seeing places. And we talked to them about meeting new people and they love to meet people. So they were super excited, a little bit hesitant, a little bit hesitant, but mostly excited. Our family, on the other hand, thought we were crazy. It was it was 2020 when we actually launched. We started looking for an RV in 2019. We launched in 2020 in the middle of the pandemic. And my parents thought we had lost our minds. My, my husband's parents thought we lost our minds. Um, and we just we tried to, you know, help them to see clearly. But we just say, you know what? You guys have to think what you think. And we took off. So, Oh, my gosh. I love it. Uh, did you face any, like, I don't even We never tried to travel that year. Like, were there, like, restrictions or anything weird that you guys faced in 2020 when you started traveling? We, we started. So 
everything kind of popped off in March of 2020 with the, the restrictions. We launched August of 2020. We did our first, our first overnight stay in, in the first travel trailer that we had. I'm trying to put it all together. We did that first overnight stay in Tennessee, just my husband and I. That was just a one night stay when we picked up our, our, our RV. When we went to the campground there in Tennessee, that was July, June and July. We thought we had stepped into a whole new world because people were living their lives. Okay. And, yeah, and it was Tennessee, you know, all, so they're pretty. It was Tennessee. <laughs> and then, then they, the family we bought the RV from were from Florida. And they were like, y'all oh, okay. need to come to Florida because yeah. we down here having a good time and while everybody else is locked down. <laughs> and we were like, what? <laughs> our goal was just to get in the RV, kind of ride out the pandemic in our little bubble, in our home, you know, and just see what happens. And but then we we started realizing, wait a minute, we kind of got this thing wrong. And, you know, that could start a whole nother conversation for another day. But, yeah, we we uh, we didn't experience as many restrictions other than, you know, going into grocery stores and things like that in the beginning. And we just chose where we went. We chose carefully where we went. Gotcha. Yeah. By August, I think we I don't know about everyone, but like we had stopped wiping off our groceries with antibacterial wipes. Do you remember that? Like the first month it was like, yeah, insane. It was so it's like you did everything that they said to do in the first month. And then you woke up and were like, what in the world are yeah. we doing? People, I will never forget the video of like, I think it was in Italy or something like that, where someone came home with a, like bags of groceries, all the masks and their family was hosing them off. They were like, like with like a power hose, like wash them up. <laughs> Anyways, we're not here to talk about COVID oh craziness, gosh. but it is a fun little. Yeah, yeah, we could do another one about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so, so tell me about how your travel style has, how did you guys start? Were you like moving quick or are you slow or how has it kind of morphed over the years? Yeah, so when we first started, we did not have any memberships. And so our travel was a few days here, a few days there. And we were moving every three to four days. And I was quickly getting burnt out because the reason, the whole reason I got on the road was to settle, slow down some. And I was just getting, becoming more and more, um, stressed with trying to figure out where we we're going to stay. Could they fit our family of eight? Because there were, we did have restrictions on size, but that had nothing to do with COVID. That was just all. RV parks that didn't want more than six people. And so I was becoming more and more stressed about that. And then we got to Florida and heard about thousand trails. And so we got, became a part of thousand trails membership and slowed down at that point. Then we stayed at campgrounds much, you know, three weeks, two weeks, much longer than just three or four days. So it has kind of morphed and that's our sweet spot. Our sweet spot is three weeks because if we stay longer than three weeks, we start collecting things. Mm-hmm. So our sweet spot is three <laughs> weeks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of what we have found too. We're all still, we're only a year in, but like we also, we enjoy the newness of a new place. And like, I like to settle in and get to know the library, you know? You get the, you kind of like get your own, you get the vibe of the place and you find the, things that you like there and then you know after about three weeks it's like all right we understand what's going on here let's go try something 
get something something new going. Um, okay, did you say that you guys started in a travel trailer with six kids? We did. We started in a thirty five foot travel trailer with six kids. It was it had a bunk room and then it had an open open master that opened into the kitchen. And it was beautiful. It was cute. And I loved it. But we grew out of it pretty quickly. Yeah, I bet. How long did you guys last in that one? Four months. Okay. (laughs) Just barely because we started looking. We started looking in the third month. So we basically only lasted three months. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I can't imagine. This is amazing. The big families that hit the road. I'm just amazed by you. Uh, and then you. <laughs> you guys upgraded to what you have a toy hauler now yeah we have the uh momentum grand design momentum toy hauler 397 nice those are awesome okay so you're one of those women that you just seem really like maternal and loving and you're always talking about the good food that you're making and the fun things that you're doing with homeschooling and all this stuff so like did you are you the type of person did you always know that you wanted to be a mom of a big family like this? It's so funny because I never felt maternal. I never did. I, like, I never felt like a nurturer, but I always wanted five boys. Like from the early age, I just wanted a basketball team. I just always wanted five boys. I had my first son when I was 17. So that helped me develop some nurturing, you know, when I was younger and then um, got married at 30 and had started having babies right about a year or two after it got married and realized that I wanted to be home with my babies. Yeah. So it was at that point. And I realized just a lot of the things that I missed because I was so busy with my, you know, my first child, I wanted to slow down and have some more time with my kids and pour into them more. Oh, yeah. Man. So I it kind of, I, I, I won't that. say that I always had a maternal nature. Nope. No, I always had a nurturing nature. Nope. And sometimes it comes and goes too. It does. Right. Sometimes we kind of have to like, have to like call it back. Come back to me. Come back to me. Right. I do love these children. I do love them. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I am grateful for them. Yes. That's right. Gratitude. Seriously. Coming back to gratitude always grounds me. I'm like, okay, let's big picture. Everyone's healthy. Okay, good. Yes. Yes. Square one. (laughs) Grateful for that. Uh, Okay. Let's, let's talk about food for a minute because I imagine like eating eight people every single day. I mean, it just, see, I can imagine it would be a lot to deal with, uh, for you and your family. You are a sourdough master. I love sourdough. I wouldn't call myself a master because I still use everybody else's recipes and never make my own, but I love sourdough. I mean, that's good (laughs) enough. And you're doing it from an RV camper. So I, we started making sourdough. I never did sourdough when we lived in a real house. I met a wonderful woman named Amber at TTO, like, four months into our journey, she gave me sourdough. She gave me one recipe, which is a sourdough bread loaf. It has six ingredients. I still make it every week. I have not <laughs> ventured out until, until I found your uh, recipe for sourdough pancakes or whatever. The oh, one that you posted. My gosh. You share. Yeah. It's amazing. It's so good. Uh, 
So what are your, tell me, like, what are your go-to sourdough recipes that you're like making all the time? Okay, Kate, I'm going to shout out the owner, the originator of that recipe. And she may have gotten it from someone, but it is another RV mom. And that is Mary Shearer. And she gave me my first batch of sourdough when I got on the road. She did. I killed it. I probably killed two batches before I actually embraced it and started learning how to use it. I did. But she, um, that pancake recipe is by far my favorite. It is absolutely delicious. So, yes. So some of my uh, go-to recipes, is that what you asked me? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what are you making? What are your, like, staples that you guys always have around? I try now. I kind of have a routine now. I want to do, I try to do two to three loaves a week. And that's the long loaves because those sourdough balls or bowls, we don't get enough slices out of those for eight people. So, <laughs> so I try to do two, two to three long loaves of sourdough sandwich bread every week. I do blueberry muffins, banana nut muffins. I'll either make it into muffins or bread. And those are usually sourdough. We'll have uh, waffles and crepes, uh, sourdough waffles and sourdough crepes. I do sourdough hamburgers, hamburger buns now. And those are so good. So, so good. And we'll, we do, what else? Cornbread, if we have chili or soup. I love sourdough cornbread. We make sourdough crackers. And I'm trying to see if I left out anything. Cinnamon rolls. I cannot leave out the cinnamon rolls because they are the bomb. Oh, my gosh. You could make a recipe book just out of that. And, like, the fact that you're making them in a camper, I just can't get over it. It's amazing. So, like, how much of your day would you say is spent just on making food? Because I have older kids now, giving them more room in the kitchen than I used to. I love baking with my kids. I love cooking and teaching them how to cook. But with such a small kitchen, we I can only have one or two children in the kitchen with me at the same time because I get anxious because, you know, all the knives and utensils and sourdough and stuff. I'm like, I don't want anything to fall and break. So, but now I am more, I'm more apt to say, it's your turn to make lunch. I need you to go in and make lunch. And I just make sure I have all the items available for them to be able to make a healthy or decent meal for the entire family. And so I'm tasking my older kids with the responsibility of making breakfast and lunch mostly. And then somebody helps me with dinner. That is brilliant. Yeah. Good for you. How old are your oldest kids so, that are traveling Yeah, with you? I have 15, 13, and 12. I had to think about it. <laughs> so they can scramble some eggs and, uh, you know, make some pasta. And <laughs> I'm trying to imagine, like, what level of cooking they can do, but even my nine and seven year old and even my four year old, they can all make their own breakfast and they can all make their own lunches, but the mess is bigger. So they don't get as much time alone in the kitchen. They have to be with me. Yeah, I can feel that too. Um, but my, <laughs> so I have a six year old and a nine year old and they're at the level. It's like nachos, <laughs> peanut butter toast. I don't like, since we have, we, we have a gas burner. So it makes me really nervous to just be like, yeah, make yourself some eggs or whatever. Um, because I'm just like so paranoid about the open flame. Yeah. <laughs> I got over my fear of that. I, was, I had to let them have it. 
Okay, so speaking of kids, most of your kids are school-aged. Um, let's talk about homeschooling on the road. Uh, did like You didn't homeschool before travel life, so what is your approach? Like, Did you find curriculum? Are you unschooling? Are you like somewhere in between? Or how does it work for you guys? We did a mix of homeschooling before travel. So my 15-year-old was actually homeschooled for all of preschool and all of uh, like maybe the first couple years. And then he went into a charter school and the rest of them, I had them at home for a while. So we did a mix of homeschooling. So it was something that I always wanted to do, but because of life situations, we decided to put them in a charter school, the older kids in a charter school for a little while. So we were always intending to go back to homeschooling. When we got on the road, because they had been in a charter school and because we had gone through that like six weeks of distance learning when the world shut down, that we needed to deconstruct from that. We needed to kind of just reshift our thinking and our focus on what school was going to be for our family. And so we spent the first two years unschooling, road schooling, life schooling. And we didn't have a curriculum. We really just uh, found educational opportunities everywhere that we went. Um, I think it was last year, early 2022, we decided to start doing a curriculum base. It was a unit study based program where we all sat together. We all covered the same material. And then each of the kids went went their separate ways and worked on additional material for their, their age and their um, education level. Uh, And that was great. We did that for a while and that was great. But then I realized that the smaller kids needed a little bit more attention than the big kids. And then the big kids needed some help in different areas. And so this year we started using a, um, a curriculum that I think is absolutely phenomenal. And it is, um, each child has their own set of materials. We're doing math and language arts, writing, um, typing, and then we do a ton of, uh, art and crafts and reading and things like that. And so each child has their own material that they go through. Some of them need the parent. Some of them don't. And we just make sure that we go through and check their work and, and just kind of give them a, a test to see what, not a test. We don't test, but to just kind of checks and balances to make sure that they are actually doing their work. That's awesome. I love that you took that break to kind of like deprogram uh, from school thinking, right? Uh, for the first couple of years there, because the thing that I think is um, is amazing about kids is like they're actually natural learners. We kind of get out of the routine of like, okay, you go to school and then like that's where learning happens is whenever you're being lectured and reading from a book and doing X, Y, Z and just let kids kind of explore what they're interested in. Like, what? Yes. It's, it's like amazing whatever you just like kind of open – that door for them and see what happens and just like kind of have the patience to right wait for the magic <laughs> you know my husband and I really aim to teach is to teach our children how to learn and to have a desire to learn there was a day a couple of weeks ago when um 
like our kids had, we do little achievement goals and celebrations and stuff with our kids. And they had done like four solid weeks in a row and like had stuck to this schedule. And this was their idea, by the way, which was awesome. And so I was like, okay, what you guys could just like have a day off, whatever. It was like a Friday. And what they ended up doing was my daughter downloaded a language app and started learning French because she was just interested in it. She spent like, I'm not kidding. She spent like three hours just learning French one day. (laughs) And my son sat there and did like art project after art project and was like creating these little like paper things. And I'm like, this is what it's about. Oh, makes my heart so happy. Hey friends, pardon the interruption. This is a sponsored episode and it's time for a short ad break. I love spending time outside with my kids, especially when we're traveling in the RV. Recently, we had a blast trying out some of Elikai Outdoors' amazing outdoor games. Their games are inspired by nature and are incredibly durable, which means you can create lasting memories with your loved ones. And the best part... They're carrying cases. They're compact enough to take on the road with you. Be sure to check them out at elikai.com slash rvqueens and use the code rvqueens10 to enjoy a discount of 10% off your order. If you're like me, you love to have a piece of memorabilia from each location you and your family visit in the RV. I've bought countless stickers from our travels to the point I didn't know what to do with them all. Then I found the Rivet Supply Company Adventure Boards. These are handcrafted acrylic boards that you mount to your camper door to collect and showcase your travel stickers. The boards are both customizable and weatherproof, and you can take it with you if you decide to sell your RV. Get yours or buy one for a friend today at rivetsupplyco.com and use code RVQueens10 for 10% off your order. Okay, so... You talk a lot about like finding opportunities to serve um, at the communities that you visit. And I'm just curious, like, how do you find those opportunities? Because sometimes it feels hard to connect with service opportunities or or even just like a community whenever you're traveling. Uh, So how does your family go about that? Yeah, we usually connect to a church at some point. If we're staying somewhere longer than a week, if we're going to be there two Sundays, then we'll connect with the church in the area. And we try to find the outreach person or the, the community person liaison of the church to help us to figure out what are some of the places we can go to serve. We also ask the people at the front desk of the campground because they typically know what service projects are in the area They usually know what's going on in some capacity. Um, And then a lot of times we'll just, we'll find a thrift store. We do a lot of, you know, uh, decluttering all the time. So we'll find a thrift store and we'll ask at the thrift store if they know of any other opportunities to serve. There's always animal shelters. There's always food banks. There's always thrift stores. um, And then there's cleanup projects and things like that. Um, One of the ways, and that was really before... 2022 which which year are we 23 so that was before this year uh, when we <laughs> this year we have been uh, connected to Lippert serve and there's actually a database of service opportunities that Lippert serve has and the database is called serve with purpose so and it's serv with purpose and so any anybody anywhere can go on there and put in their city and state and 
we're trying to make sure that there's a lot of opportunities that are uploaded to the database so that anyone, any RVer can go and find an opportunity to serve no matter where they are. And then, of course, a lot of the serve representatives have um, they hold we host different events in different locations. So now we use that database and we use different connections that we've made in order to find opportunities to serve. Oh, my gosh. I've never heard of that. No one's mentioned that yet on this podcast. So yeah. thank you. I'm going to yeah. look that up. Well, I'm glad you heard about it. Yes. That's great. Yeah. Um, and then as far as like community goes, how do you guys, you know, your kids are getting older and making friends is <laughs> more and more important, I'm sure, like as your kids are teenagers. How do you guys find community and make friends on the road? It's usually our kids that will drag somebody else's kids up to our house. And then we're like, OK, where's the parent? And we have to go and find the parent and meet the parent. So <laughs> just to make sure that, you know, they know where their kid is and we know where our kids are. So we usually make connections through our kids because our children are not shy. We only have one shy child really in the bunch. He's completely shy. Everybody else is a, a measure of outgoing that is much greater than his. But we um, that's usually how we find community is through the kids making friends in the campground. Now that they are older, it's actually a little bit more difficult because there are not as many older kids in the same locations all the time. So we try to we try to connect with the people that we have met over the last three years and to make sure that they have some type of, you know, friendships in the same campground or close by. But uh, it just depends on where we are. We we host campfires and, you know, we'll walk around and we speak. My husband is always talking to um, the residents of the campground. We'll try to say it nicely. <laughs> the older residents of the campground. He's always talking to the older residents of the campground. He loves that. And so we'll usually meet new people that way as well. Yeah, I love it. You just do it organically. Uh, my husband is the same way. Like he, it'll be, he'll be like, oh, I'm going to go do the laundry. I'll be back in a minute or like whatever, flip the laundry. And it's like 35 minutes later. I'm like, hello. Yes. <laughs> Wait, no, Mary is talking to the old guys. Who over did there. you meet? <laughs> I know. Yep. Who did uh, you meet? <laughs> that's right. That's right. So at the beginning of the interview, you mentioned like really wanting to have more time outdoors and like show your kids just the beauty of the country. Um, what are some of the most kind of magical outdoor adventures that you've had with your kids so far? Oh gosh, we've had so many. The kids would say that their favorite spot would be down in the Florida Keys. And that is um, primarily because we had a friend who had, uh, I think two or three jet skis and we were able to jump on them and, and ride out into the ocean on jet skis. They will never ever forget that. We've also done uh, hikes in Yosemite and hikes in Glacier and national parks. Um, but to me, it's the small state parks that we get to explore that are so unique and so beautiful and are like hidden gems. And so that's, that's what I love. They love the big adventures where we get to kayak and jet ski and things like that. I love the small hikes that lead to some beautiful waterfall in the middle of nowhere that you didn't expect. Oh man. I love those too. We had like a random one night stay in 
Indiana. I mean, honestly, Indiana. Not one of our favorite states so Indiana. far. <laughs> but there is this state right. park that, like, had this hike that we thought we were just doing a quick family hike for dinner. And it ended up being, like, all these caves. I wish I could remember the name of it. And it was it was exactly what you said. It was like, what? We, it was just, like, mind-blowing how beautiful this little state park was. Because it was, you know, state parks. Like, sometimes they're kind of run down. And yep. Not that They don't get enough hype. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't get enough love. That's true from the taxpayer dollars. <laughs> they don't, and then they usually don't have full hookups, so we don't yeah. find ourselves there too often. Yes, <laughs> same here. Our tanks are not big enough. <laughs> uh, okay, no. so so our so, family is too big. Yeah, <laughs> I know you guys probably would fill those pretty quick. Some of the listeners of the podcast are people that are planning to become, you know. RV life people, I call them RV life curious, you know, they're like, maybe I can do that someday. So for the women that are, you know, like you were a few years ago, you're a mom with a big family and they're interested in RV life, but they don't know if they could do it. What advice would you have for her? If you're able to start, start on a smaller scale, take a weekend trip somewhere you know, rent an RV. There's always opportunities to rent RVs or, or just go on a weekend trip, plan your summer vacation, RV style. If you are able to do that, we were not able to do that. Ours was just jump right in. <laughs> and so if you are in a situation where you kind of want to just jump right in, I say you don't have anything to lose. You can always go back to Whatever lifestyle you're in right now, you can always go back to it, but you won't lose anything by choosing to explore in this way. You won't lose anything. You only gain an experience that you can decide if you love or not. My my motto in the beginning to my husband, I told him, I said, listen, we can do a year if we love it, six months if we hate it. I'm not going to force us to stay out here if we hate this. And we got to four months, we upgraded our RV and I was like, well, I might have to rethink this motto because we upgraded our RV before six months, but I'm still going to hold on to the year if we love it right now. And then after a while, we looked up, the year was gone, two years was gone, three years was gone. And we're just now at the point where we're saying, do we want to start looking for land? We're just now at that point. And some of us are like, yes, yes, start, let's start looking, but we're not ready to stop. And then some of us are like, nope, that we're not ready to stop at all. And so if I had to, if I had to force you to choose a place to stop and settle down right now, where would you choose? That is such a hard question. I get that question all the time. And my answer is still, my answer is Tennessee because it's a safe answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Tennessee has mild temperatures, it has beautiful country, it has mountains, it has land, it has, you know, the prices are not exorbitant, but I don't know enough about Tennessee and we have not explored Tennessee as a family yet. Like we have not explored the state enough. That's just my safe answer. My where we have been and explored answer would have to be, I'm not ready yet. (laughs) (laughs) Not even like a little. There is nowhere that I've like stayed. State. No, like there's no, there's not one that 
we have said, this is home. Mm -hmm. This feels like home. Yeah. We love everywhere that we have traveled. Like California is out for sure. I could probably tell you which states are there out for sure. <laughs> yeah. Process <laughs> of elimination. I can tell you which states yeah. are in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Process of elimination. <laughs> California is out. We love it. It's beautiful, but we will not live there. Mm -hmm. And that's about Florida, Tennessee. That's, I don't know. I can't answer that question, yeah. Kate. <laughs> it's a hard one. It's a hard one. We went to, uh, we ended up in Michigan this past summer. And for people that listen to the podcast frequently, They'll know uh, that I'm obs we're obsessed with this little town called Petoskey, Michigan. Petoskey. Have you been there yet? Yes, it's beautiful. It's so cute. But it's Michigan. <laughs> I know. It's Michigan. And everyone that like all the locals we talked to were like, well, it's great in the summer, but you really have to live here in a winter. And I'm like, man, uh, I don't really want to. <laughs> I might just summer yeah. there, you know. Michigan, um, Michigan winters are beautiful when the snow falls. I lived in Michigan for two years. Did you? When the snow falls, it is absolutely gorgeous. But day two, it is a sloppy, yeah. nasty Slushy. mess. That's yeah. all I have to say. I'm not bashing Michigan because Michigan in the summer is one of my favorite places. It is gorgeous in the summer. Okay. Good to know the slush factor. So you really have to love love Petoskey if you decide to stay. <laughs> I mean, we were there way longer than we thought we would be. Part of it was because of RV repairs. But a big part of it was like there was this one. It was the night before we were about to move. And me and my husband were both like, we are so not ready to move tomorrow. And, and it was just like literally within 30 minutes, we called the campground, we called our other campground and like made all these adjustments and ended up staying like two weeks longer. Um, but it might've just, might've been the summer magic. I don't know. We just really like that place. Go in the winter and decide. Yeah, no, <laughs> maybe just like visit. Uh, or like we keep talking about, um, I don't know about you guys, but we started out RVing with the intent of like finding a new place to land. We had lived in Omaha for 12 years. My husband is born and raised there. So we were kind of like, what, what else could be home for us? So now, like since we've been living travel life, we're like, it seems feasible that we could live half a year in somewhere like Michigan and then the other half a year in Florida. You know what I mean? It, you just meet so many amazing people living however they want that you're like, well, yeah, I mean, why, why can't we do that too? So, um, all right. So I have to ask you, uh, about, because I'm just so fascinated that you're traveling with six kids, <laughs> like how do you and your husband keep date night and you know, alone time. Like, how do you keep the magic alive with all these kids around all the time? Date nights are interesting because when we first got on the road, our kids were 15, 14, 13, 12 turning. I think he had just turned 12, was the oldest. And it's a boy who was not as responsible as he is now. And then we had a, a 11 year old who was more responsible than the 12 year old but still he was 11. And then we had it just, you know, staircase down to my one-year-old from there. So we couldn't just leave the kids at home alone. So we had to have date nights by the fire outside of the campground, outside of the 
uh, you know, the RV, just right out front of the RV. Or we take a walk around the campsite in the, you know, in the evening, or we get up in the morning and we would, you know, sit outside and chat. That's how it was in the beginning. Cause we didn't know anyone either. Uh, when we got more comfortable with the people around us, we would go a few houses down or a few RVs down and do a campfire while the kids stay back at the house. Or we would have, you know, somebody else's kids over at our house while we would be out in the gazebo with the adults. But now that they're older, my husband and I, I, we try to commit to having a weekly date night or a date of some kind. It doesn't have to be date night. It can be date day or date morning where we get away from the house, away from the kids, and we just connect to each other. It doesn't happen all the time, but um, we are more confident now in leaving our kids at the house. We also have uh, a year, about a year or two ago, we put in cameras, wise cameras inside the house so that we can make sure that the younger kids were doing what the older kids told them to do. <laughs> that was why we had the cameras there, but also so that we could make sure that, you know, if there was anything weird going on, we were alerted to it. Um, and then they have a, they have a form of communication when we're away from the house too. We have a third phone. Nobody has their own cell phone, but we have a third phone. That's kind of like the kids and they can FaceTime us, call us. And we always answer no matter what, no matter where we are. Um, now, alone time, they have to go to bed when we tell them to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just simple uh, as that. Yeah, yeah. And they have a door. We, we, are, a door. Not, we are not the... <laughs> yes, and they have a door and we have a door. We, ha we never did adopt. And there are nights when we let them stay up as long as they want to. We do that. You know, we, we, just, we let them just kind of decide when they're going to wake up, when they're going to go to bed sometimes. But we try to be a little structured so that we can have that time to wrap up any conversations we need to wrap up, have our connection time. We try to. It doesn't always happen, but we're doing our very best to. Especially when daylight savings happens. I'm like, oh, my God, it feels like we're never going to be on a schedule again. Yeah. And I, and, you know, it was just, was it just last weekend that happened? So at the time of our, whatever this episode airs, hopefully <laughs> everyone's life will settle down a little bit by then. But as far as uh, schedule we be, yeah, everybody will be readjusted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. But I, I say the yeah. same thing as you. I don't know if you have like friends or family that ask you this question very much. Um, but we do. And that's why I like to ask like guests on the podcast is because I'm like, it's not different from living in a house. Like our kids go to bed around 730 or eight and then they're like dead asleep. You know, it's like they it, are out. Yep. Yeah. It's not that complicated. <laughs> they are out. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, it's not. Yeah, nope. Yeah. It's not that complicated. Yeah. It's not. No. <laughs> okay. So I have just a couple more questions for you and then I'll have you share with um, the listeners where they can connect with you online. So when you think back to sure. Alicia before RV life and then Alicia now, what has changed? That too is a good question. I am no longer a super structured type A person. That is good in some ways and that is bad in some ways. So <laughs> it is it is good in that I try not to let myself get over, you know, worked up or overwhelmed by certain things. And I just realized that, you know, 
plans are going to change. I have to stay flexible. We could have a tire blowout from here to there and I'd have to find somewhere else for us to sleep for the night. Things are going to happen more often. It seems that they happen more often when you're traveling. So I'm a lot more flexible and not as rigid as I used to be. Uh, I also am a little bit more free with the kids as, as in we had an, we were on a neighborhood block. So I knew the range that my kids could go and we kept a tight leash on them. It, I've just started. I would say the difference between Alicia when I first started RVing and Alicia today is I've just started at 15 and 13 and 12, letting them go a little bit farther away from the RV as long as they have a form of communication than I used to. Something that I, I can say that may not be super fantastic and super inspiring, but hopefully you'll get something out of it is <laughs> even though you're living a laid back camping lifestyle, you don't have to eat like you live in a laid back camping lifestyle. <laughs> I ate like I'm living a laid back camping lifestyle for the first two years. And I'm seeing the results of it now. So Alicia now versus Alicia then is several pounds heavier than she was. And I'm okay with it. I love me. I love my body. <laughs> you know, I can throw on some makeup and, and I'll be, be just fine. But I do, I recognize that I'm not in my relaxing who I am. I lost my, the, um, consistency that I had to take care of myself. I did. I lost my own routine and my own structure to take care of myself. I used to get up before the kids and work out. I used to get up and stretch and have my breathing and meditation and prayer and, and do all those things. Well, we kind of fell into this camping lifestyle where everything was just free flowing and get up whenever you want to. And, and I needed that for a time being but after a while, I also needed to get back to some consistency and taking care of myself and nurturing who I am as a woman. And that is where I am now is getting back to that. Man, I, I hope that makes sense. It and totally I makes hope it doesn't, sense. I hope it doesn't, you know, discourage anyone. <laughs> no, I feel that so hard. I'm For the first six months on the road, it was like, it's like vacation mode, you know, like, we probably had, yes. we had like a case of Trulies in the fridge, like all the time. And it was just like, yeah, whatever, you know, like, yeah. it's like, felt like it was having yep. a good old time all the time. And then uh, I remember it was like around six months, me and my husband were like, we need to tighten the ship around you. <laughs> like, we need to kind of like <laughs> get back to some of our routines. And it's, it's a challenge, especially yes. as the mom, when you're kind of like managing the house, right? That. Um, like at least it is for me, it's hard not to just like wake up and feel like I have to do things for everyone else and, and like be really intentional about, like you said, dude, I have to have some like <laughs> journal yoga meditation, like something, some kind of me time to center myself. Because if I don't by 2 PM, I'm like grouchy. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, uh. I 100% feel what you're saying. That's such good advice. Okay, last question here. The slogan for this show is a podcast about unexpected riches. 
So what would you say is the unexpected richness you found from RV life? We didn't expect to find, we expected that the kids would make friends, but my husband and I did not expect that we would make such close friends out here on the road so quickly. I, I love how in the RV community, you become friends fast with people. We call them like fast friends. These fr- friendships are formed quickly because you realize you may only have a certain amount of time with a person. So you don't have time to be shallow. <laughs> so we go deep really fast with people and we have formed some bonds that um, I think will last, will last a lifetime. And that's, that's the richness that we've gained from this. And we know that our kids now know have friends all over the country. That's a blessing for us that they can go places and they run into people in the campgrounds all over the country. They're like, Oh, we met you in Florida. Oh, we, we saw you in Michigan. Oh. And you know, and so they are making connections all over the country as well. And we pray that that is a blessing for them as they grow older. I know. Isn't that going to be cool to watch as they get older to see what happens? Yeah. With those connections. Yeah. That's good stuff. Cool. Thank you for sharing that. I love that answer. Um, Okay. Will you share with everyone where they can connect with you online? Sure. So we are Simon crew on adventure on IG, TikTok, and YouTube. And then I think Facebook, we're the Simon crew. And so that's where you can find us online. We do have a website, simoncrewonadventure.com. I am just starting to create digital products. Um, we just, I just created a gratitude journal because that's something that I needed for myself and it is all, it always centers me. And so I just created a gratitude journal. It's a digital one right now and hopefully we'll have it in print in the next couple of months. But that is, uh, that's where I am. That's awesome. And we'll include all the links to those in the show notes for people to just tap and connect with you. Thank you. Uh, Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It was a delight getting to know you. Yeah, same for you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, it was my pleasure. All right. I will see you on the road. All right, my friends, that concludes today's episode. Thank you so much for being here and for listening and for being an awesome part of the RV Queens community. If you could please like and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on, that would be awesome. And if you want to have more conversations like this, you can head to rvqueenspodcast.com slash community and find your RV Queens circle today. All right, guys, I'll see you next week or hopefully I will see you on the road. I do love these children.